beware of hitchhiking hosts. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Beware of Hitchhiking Hosts. As usual, I am your host, Cole, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Josiah. Hello. And this week, we have a couple extra guests with us. We have three guests joining us, one returning being Garrett, and two new guests being Alex and Eric. So why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, Eric, you start. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Eric. Uh, I go to school at the University of Central Florida. I've gone to Galaxy's Edge more times than I can count, and I consider myself quite the expert. All right. Hello, everybody. I'm uh, Alex. I'm the vice president of TPEG at Iowa State University, and I went to Galaxy's Edge in Walt Disney World last October. Hi, everyone. For those of you that don't know me from last episode, I'm Garrett. I'm the former vice president of Capes, which is uh, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo's TA club. And uh, yeah, I've been to Galaxy's Edge a lot. I was there for the opening of the land in Disneyland as well as Rise. And so, yeah, pretty excited for this episode. Well, cool. And as we kind of hinted at, uh, today's episode is going to be the first part of our two-part Galaxy's Edge series. So uh, today we will be discussing uh, Smuggler's Run as well as the rest of the land as it opened uh, in its initial state, and then the next episode will be an in-depth look at Rise of Resistance, because that ride deserves a whole episode on its own. Uh, leading into kind of the history of the land, this being a lot newer than some of the recent things we've talked about. Um, so initial concepts began in the early 2010s, uh, post-Disney's acquisition of, of uh, Star Wars and Lucasfilm. Uh, original ideas were expanding the area around Star Tours and Hollywood Studios. It was going to take over the Echo Lake area replace uh the indiana jones stunt spectacular and the sounds dangerous show and was going to be themed around the original trilogy said to include tatooine potentially Endor, kind of uh further going into like the area outside of star tours uh that concept was then put on hold around 2014 when discussions about the new sequel trilogy came about and they decided to hold off and potentially theme the land around that uh, then the new concept was officially revealed at D23 in 2015 um, as a new location expansion to both Hollywood Studios and Disneyland. They began construction for both in April of 2016. Uh, announcements came later, revealing the name is Galaxy's Edge, uh, which took place on the new planet of Batuu at the uh, location of Black Spire Outpost. Each one would include two attractions, being a simulator smuggler's run and a dark ride Rise of the Resistance. Uh, and the first phase of the land opened in May 2019 in Disneyland and August 2019 in Studios, that being Smuggler's Run and the rest of the land, which is what we're discussing today. Kind of leading into it, I wanted to start our discussion in-depth going into Smugglers and then kind of just expand out into the rest of the land. Before we get started, I just want to point out that I think I'm the only one here who hasn't been to Galaxy's Edge. It's so fine. Don't worry about it. Fine, it's fine. Just, just. <laughs> to be fair, again, uh, state this podcast. We are recording in these still dark times of home isolation, um, and uh, only one of the Galaxy's Edges has reopened. That being the Florida one. Oh, you mean the better one, right? <laughs> um, excuse Ooh, me. Okay. <laughs> East better than West. Yeah. Um. Hmm. We're gonna have to. Put a pin in that conversation. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait. Uh, we'll be going at first kind of just in depth on what the uh, attraction is for Smuggler's Run. Uh, basically, Smuggler's Run is an interactive 
uh, simulator ride taking place around flying the Millennium Falcon. Uh, it is. It starts off with the queue area, which I think is a really interesting queue area, the leading through the loading docks of Onaka Transport Solutions, listening to the fun voiceovers overhead of his uh, very, we'll put skilled employees. <laughs> I like when they do a test run of the engine and then, you know, kind of. Oh, you go up like the ramp. Dude, Gar is everyone's favorite character. I don't know what you're talking about. This uh, Q area reminds me a lot of the, like, um, what used to be the droid repair bay is now like the like a luggage area of um, Star Tours in that it's kind of a catwalk over a bunch of things that you could literally spend hours digging through everything. Like, mm-hmm. they have an astromech like body used as a trash can. There's like an in-place game of Sabacc going on. There's the, uh, the like engine that they're testing. And then you get to walk. Uh, if you're in the extended queue, you walk outside past the Millennium Falcon and then go towards the indoor part. And then you get to the pre-show, which has the... Um, is the Hondo an A1000? Yeah, he's Hondo? an A1000. Okay. So, yeah, you have a, we have the cool Hondo animatronic and his fun droid. Uh, which gives a little bit of explanation on why the Falcon is here and what you're doing. Basically being that Chewie has lent the Falcon to Hondo for some uh, profitable expeditions. So to say. So I won't um, lie, the best part of the entire ride is seeing Hondo. H- Hondo is amazing in this ride. <laughs> I remember when they announced that they were bringing him yep. in. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> animatronic is probably my favorite part of the ride. It's really interesting, though, because someone pointed out there are three different versions of Hondo featured throughout. There is an animatronic Hondo, an animated Hondo, and a live-action Hondo that's pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, like, very interesting that they went for that. Um, so, uh, and then for time reference, this uh, whole land is supposed to take place between episodes 8 and 9. So it's a resistance base, basically. And then from there, uh, you get to go into the chess room, which, if you're a Star Wars fan, is just like you can spend forever oogling at everything in there. Hmm. There's a lot of fun props and stuff on the wall. And um, back before we were all terrified of being next to each other, you used to be able to sit at the chess table. You can't sit there anymore? Wait, really? I've heard, I've heard they are um, uh, not letting people like touch things and, like, I, I might be wrong in that, but I thought I heard someone say that now you can't sit at the chess table. I wonder if they're running the... They had that like periodic lockdown thing. Has, has anyone ever experienced that? You no. mean the thing where someone clicks the button and the alarm goes yes, off? Yes, yes. I wonder if they're still doing that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, that's just... All that was was there was in the back left corner, I believe, there was just a red button. On the yeah, wall yeah there was the just a red button, button and like every... Let's say 15 minutes or be an alarm goes off and just hit the red button to, to I believe I thought the alarm went off from someone on pressing the button. No, I thought that pressing the button turns the alarm off. Yeah, I, that, that's how I experienced it. I honestly never experienced that, so I, I have think no it happened idea. once. But I think it happened once, like right when I was lining up. So we were like leaving the test room. What if what happens is that if someone in the Florida park presses a button, it starts an alarm. <laughs> 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 so, so, so when 
studios opens at 8 a.m. and y'all still sleeping, it's gonna just go like, off when no one's at the park. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's yeah, some poor like overnight worse. cast member that's like, God damn it, somebody clicked a button. <laughs> or it's just like three hours late. <laughs> yeah. So from there, uh, after leaving the chess room, you uh, line up in your groups every, uh, basically it is six people per uh, per car or per vehicle. I'd say cab. Cockpit, cabin, um, that you, uh, you get lined up in uh, with three different roles for every two people. Uh, so you get grouped into that, uh, you get given a color and a role there. Uh, the roles being pilot, uh, engineer and gunner, one of which being far spirit for the others. Um, and then from there, you make your way over to in front of the cockpit. There's a little like, you know, preloading video from Hondo explaining what you're doing. You get in, and then you get to walk into the Falcon cockpit. I'm not gonna lie; I may or may not have cried upon that moment. <laughs> I don't think you're alone in that. Sorry, to be fair, I'm not gonna lie; I may or may not have cried a lot of times during that day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the uh, so you get into the Falcon. There are basically if it's the layout of Falcon from the movies plus it's two. It's actually actors. not. It's reversed. It's Is it? it's mirrored. It's not right. In, in what way? You, Is it mirrored left right? Or? It's so you know how you go to the. I think I think it's you go to it's the direction you go towards the cockpit is wrong. Oh, oh, yeah, that. Yes, because you go around the left and you should go around the right. No, I meant the internal layout because there's six seats instead of There's four. also only supposed to be four seats. Yes, no, but it, there is, there's actually an explanation somewhere. I think one of, there was a lot of comics and stuff released um, to kind of build the story around uh, Galaxy's Edge and Batu, And there was one where, like, there was some reference to, uh, to Hondo, like, buying extra seats to put in the Falcon. <laughs> So they do acknowledge the fact that there are extra seats. And I, for, I forget if there are still only four seats come Rise of Skywalker. I think there is. so. I think there's, so. In, there's one scene where you see them taking the two seats out and they're like under the Falcon or something. Oh, okay. So that, ex- that explains it. Yeah, because <laughs> I think the, the story is while it was on the loan, he like put extra seats in there. That's a lot of work to describe a detail. <laughs> you just should have just made it four. Like, no offense, but a lot of work to describe a detail in Star Wars in a nutshell. <laughs> that's true, that's true. So, continuing there, uh, you so you get into the cockpit, uh, everyone sits down in their seats. Uh, basically, it's the front two people are the pilots. They're setting up the control panel with all the controls. Um, then uh, the other four, like, up against the back walls, being then the gunners, then the engineers. Um... The way it works is during the ride, everyone does actually have a role in it. The pilots do physically steer the ship Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. It's kind of an on-rails but with movement thing. Um, The engineers are in charge of uh, fixing all of the shit that gets blown apart. (laughs) And uh, and the gunners are in charge of shooting things. Basically, and the ride system kind of follows a... I'd like to call it the what mission space wishes it was. Mm-hmm. Because it's if you took mission spaces, hey, look, there's a bunch of buttons and you have to click them, but you took away the part where they don't actually do anything and it clicks them for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, legitimately, if you start hitting things, 
you, the ride recognizes that you crashed into things or if you, you know, mm-hmm. don't repair the ship or if you don't shoot people. Like, so there, there is an actual counterpart to that. And then, uh, so you run through the whole ride. The whole uh, process is you're uh, smuggling coaxium off of Corellia uh, with, uh, with Hondo. So you chase a train, you uh, harpoon it, you take it down, steal the stuff from it, escape, blow up a Star Destroyer, you know, the usual Star Wars fun. And uh, and then you make it back. And then depending on how good or bad you did, there is a neat thing at the end where either the ship will be very damaged or not. Which is kind of an, a neat effect they do. Because it's really just, they added like spark lights and things and they changed the audio cue. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of the overall ride experience. And going back to some of the interesting things about how the ride um, uh, system operates. So it's actually not just like one simulator card. There are, is it two or four of the super colliders? Wait, two or what do you mean? Uh, how many? Uh, how many of the lazy susans are there? There's four. There's four. There's four. Okay. With six yeah, so- pods on each. Yeah, so basically, instead of just having separately placed um, uh, separately placed simulators, what they do is they have four separate kind of turntables that each have a bunch of simulators on them that will rotate throughout the ride. So, Except if you're an ADA person. They have mm-hmm. several ones. They have a that. separate one. So are the, are the ADA ones completely separated? Yes, they're not on turntables. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Where do they load those, then? It's pretty close to where you load the other one. I think you go down a different hallway. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, there's a bunch of random like hallways around the loading area, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's just through like one of the cast member doors or something. But yeah, so interesting. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah. So and uh, and Garrett, you have a fun story about the. Yeah, I mean, I I I did get you know I was there opening day, uh, May thirty first. I I think we wrote it like three or four times one of those times we actually got escorted off because in the entire ride broke down um i actually have some pictures with the like basically what happened was like it just stopped and then like um like half the projectors just turned off and then they went blue and then they turned off and we could just see like a little bit of the screen like in the bottom left corner pretty interesting um but yeah they were they were telling us like hey you know sit tight um but they i guess they weren't able to um wrote it back to the uh loading platform or something so they actually had to you know come out and escort us off so i did get to see the actual ride system which was pretty cool and they escorted us out um through the back um where they now have the overflow queue for uh, thread. So that was pretty cool. Which I imagine they probably just did it for that way because turning the turntable to individually unload every guest would be. It'd be like unloading yeah. a whole roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, if because you're all in a building, it's a lot easier to send cast members around and go open the doors. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But yeah, that's uh, that's definitely interesting. And the the way they, which aren't the simulators on like past where like the 
pseudo glass is it's then like a screen like dome around that yeah so yeah you have you have your glass and then um outside the simulator is just basically yeah like a giant dome um that uses multiple projectors which is definitely a neat ride system i do remember initially when when they were uh just from like construction and stuff when everyone was trying to figure out like what exactly it was mm-hmm. which is I, I I called them the the super colliders because that was a running joke people called because when they could they were constructing them there were just these four big like <laughs> disc shaped like holes uh-huh. in the ground with mm-hmm. rotating things in them so people jokingly referred to them as the super collider yeah if you watch the Imagineering story it actually has um, I think in like the last episode there's here's the, the whole segment of... about Galaxy's Edge yeah what I was getting to with that was initially everyone kept thinking that uh, reports were coming out that like ride capacity was going to be so much lower because they didn't understand how the system worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people were getting worried because the like estimated numbers people were getting was like some of the lowest ride capacities at Disney. And then it turned out to be like way more than that. Yeah, it turned out to be one of the highest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I've only risen, ridden smugglers once and it was during Hurricane Dorian. I will not wait more than 10 minutes for that ride. <laughs> Eric, I sense beef. <laughs> I no, because when I went, I was like, "Wow, this is a really great ten minute wait." Like that was worth it. Then I waited forty minutes, and I was like, "That was not worth it at all." Granted, I've only ever been engineer, so yeah, I've been engineer and gunner. I didn't get to be pilot. Um, I, I will get into that in the stories aspect. Our our first ride was uh, interesting. So now we're talking um, about roles. Should we get into like the actual ride experience? You want to lead that? So I come from a very like interactivity when it comes to theme parks. You know, that's pretty much what I do. Um, and you know, when a lot of people think of interactivity now, they point to smokers around because obviously it's the highest budget uh, interactive attraction out there. But honestly, I think that Smuggler's Run is a terrible ride from a uh, from an interactivity standpoint. Um, I think the balance between the roles is terrible, and like game, you know, one of the most difficult parts of game design is balancing, you know, game balance and all that. And I think that you know they just did not do a great job of that. Um, Especially because, yeah. like, you can get situations where, like, you're matched up with, you know, like, um, random people and, you know, who've never been on the ride before. And it's not really, you know, super well explained uh, what you're supposed to do until you get on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just end up crashing the ship and it ruins the experience for everyone because, you know, maybe some people didn't know what to do. So, speaking to that, um, my first ride on Smugglers was exactly that. It was me <laughs> and my sister went in. We both got engineers. The two pilots was this one family who came in, um, didn't speak English. They didn't know what the what the people were telling them to do. And then I don't think they realized that they were supposed to be doing things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't. You know, this is a very new And then at one point, they, like, clicked one button. So we were basically, it was, 
it, it was the Smuggler's Run equivalent of when the kid lets go of the wheel on speed on the uh, Tomorrowland Speedway, and you just ricochet between the things. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was just us, just like swaying back and forth, hitting things, and I'm sitting there as the engineer trying to fix everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amazing. I was just gonna say it's not really balanced. The roles aren't balanced from a fun standpoint either. Like mm-hmm. Gunner and Pilot are much more fun than Engineer. Yeah. Also, I don't know what the I made the mistake of missing the spot where it was like the advanced like settings or advanced thing for the gunner. So mm-hmm. I played the version where you have one button and you keep clicking it. Which yeah. is very boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how does the other version operate? Yeah, the I mean the other one you have two buttons that essentially move it up and down. Okay. So you have yeah. to like yeah, you have to move it and then shoot. Like, yeah, because in my case, I was talking to my my mom and my sister were behind me, and then I looked over and I was like, oh, no, I was supposed to click something. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, we're just pressing the one button again. My concern is, I, I think also just on the... I The key issue they have is inherently through the fact that they are adhering to all buttons must be on the wall. Uh, because of that, if you're in certain cases, you sit there and you look at the wall and you don't actually see anything going on in front of exactly. you. Exactly, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As engineer, that's basically what you do: is you are staring at a tiny little screen next to you instead of the you know big simulator part. You're absolutely right. Like a sightline perspective, you know, you're constantly shifting your attention between you know the buttons and the actual action, but you know they turn themselves each other directly. And I think the biggest issue for this comes from smugglers run for all intents and purposes should be a two person ride, but for yeah. capacity, they can't do that. what do you mean? Of course they can. They just add more turntables. <laughs> yeah. Just make a stack of turntables. Disney, Disney owns the U S treasury. They print money. Okay. Make a stack of turntables. Just makes me think of the terrors of last time or what is it of, trying to build rides on multi-story buildings and then having issues with that because I was just watching a whole thing about uh, about um, uh, what is it, World Showcase, where they built the uh, show building for, yeah, the Japan show, and then they were like, whoops, we made it the wrong size, and because of that nothing ever happened. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was meet, meet the World was like a Carousel of Progress uh, style ride about Japan that was a, the like fully the at the back of the Japan pavilion where like the expanded Maikishi store is was the queue for that, and it was mm-hmm. supposed to be on the second floor, and they uh they, there was some error where when they built the riot or built the building it wasn't built to the right specifications to fit the theater and like the rotating mechanism, mm-hmm. and they were like yeah we'd have to tear down the entire building we can't afford to do that <laughs> so it never happened. To be fair though. 90% of everything ever planned for World Showcase never happened. Mm-hmm. But that's a topic for another yeah, that's day. Topic. Yeah, I was going to say. That seems like a really common theme with Disney, is building buildings the wrong size. <laughs> what, when else have they done? <laughs> I, I'm thinking of like, I mean, it wasn't really building stuff to the wrong size, but like, basically like, you know the Yeti and Everest, how like, mm-hmm. they, they built a mountain around the, around the animatronic. <laughs> No, the, it's funny because I was actually scrolling through Joe Rogan's Twitter today, but <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, well, the Yeti and Everest is more of a someone didn't do a proper stress analysis on that. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a number of reasons, but yeah. 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 Um, going back to Smuggler's Run. Going this, back is to... Pre- this is why Previs is important. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> if we had to um, remodify the engineer role, what replacement do you think could work that makes the ride more fun? Gives the guest a like spotlight in a case and like balance out the meta. If you expanded out the like less look at the little screen next to you and repair things and more of the like, hey, look, you have to throw a harpoon at that, click a button. Because if if you if you had more things that are look at what's happening in the ride, then turn and select something, then look back and see what's happening in the ride. Like, I feel like that would at least be more interactive than stare at your tiny console and look at how damaged your ship is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, honestly, I feel like Engineer was placed in at the last second just so they can increase capacity by two people per car. And that's my other problem. The first time I went on Rise, I wanted to watch the screen and see what happened. So I ended up just hitting the wall the whole time. But you know what? I can go do that on Star Tours. I can hit the seat next to me. And you know what? It's a different ride every time with Smugglers. Don't even get me started. That how no, no. With Star Tours, it's a different ride every time. Smugglers is the same ride every time. It has zero rewritability mm-hmm. outside of getting mm-hmm. another roll, which you won't or guarantee get. But, but the score, uh-huh. what, what does the score get you? Like It, it means it's bragging rights? Oh, man. Oh. Well, the score gets you exactly oh. what a score in any inherent game gets you. It's with yeah, uh, that a high is score true. Pac-Man gets you bragging rights. It's like, it's like right. what? if That's I wanted it. to get a high score, I could just go ride Toy Story Mania, which is a ten times more fun ride because it's a it is a competition between four people. Yeah, exactly. There's is no it, competition. Uh huh. Is it too, uh-huh. is it too yeah, late to re- theme Smuggler's Run, or is it too early to re-theme Smuggler's Run? Because if we're talking about competition and a sense of what does the score give you, so um, a heist doesn't play to that kind of fantasy. So interesting um, sort of segue off of that. There are actually, fun fact, uh, there are actually, I believe, three or four different ride experiences that yeah, were weren't created. Weren't they all finished? For, they, are, they are all finished and they're not used. No one knows why, though. Like, there, there's a Hoth one, I think, that they just didn't it's, implement. It's entirely, you know, budget-wise. It's like, they don't want to, you know, like, they don't want to uphold the logistics of having to switch the ride. But it's not switching anything. It's just saying, hey, projector, play this. Yeah. So I, I can see why right now they wouldn't. And honestly, they I They probably want to stretch it out. Uh-huh. I guarantee that this is probably why they want to, like, in two years, when less people are showing up, they'll say, like, hey, there's this new experience. And then it's like you have a completely different ride. But Garrett, so, that's what they do with Star Tours every time something new comes out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's what they should have done, is just have it all there, but it's random, or you can select it. Except Star to Tours be- is actually a good ride. <laughs> yeah. So, to be fair, I, I do think it's... While it sucks, I think it is entirely for a marketing standpoint. And I think if you would have looked at it... So, following the opening, you had Galaxy's Edge opening in May and August. That had its initial you know like crazy blow up and then you had rise opening in um around new year yeah Mm -hmm. so that then had its own big you know media push and big popularity wave and i wouldn't have been surprised if we would have started to hear something sometime between now and end of the year we're not going i think because of the pandemic we won't no i said if 
if the pandemic never happened and we were at this point in the timetable, I think is when we would have started actually thinking, hearing something about Heroes World. I, I don't even think they would do it this early because Rise was still getting... Once Rise doesn't have... I, well, I'm thinking once Rise is a year old, that, that was that was my is like a or they could have done it as like I would a think hey, like one two year years. Galaxy's Edge thing. No, yeah, once they saw a decline in um guest popularity, or when another park or when Tron opened up. When Tron opens up, you'd imagine people would go from Hollywood Studios to going to no, not when Tron the fiftieth anniversary. Yeah, when, that's what um, I'm say. They could have used it as a fiftieth thing. They could. But I I would say not even when Tron opens up. When um Guardians? Guardians. Oh, I can see. Um, it's the Universal Park. Every universe opens oh. up. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh that, just got, that just got put on like oh. I think permanent hiatus. No, yeah, no well, they 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 broke ground already. Yeah, I've heard they literally though. It's it's like they don't have the money broke. right now though. Oh yeah, no, I heard something where like Universal lost like ninety percent of their revenue this year or something. Oh like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Well, of course, it makes sense. Well. It's, it's their very theme park and movie company, both of which are industries that are came to a screeching halt. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyways, but that's a good point. Um, Adding to the discussion about you know uh, changes and or not changes, but um, adding to the discussion about different ride experiences, there is technically one different yes. ride experience. Yes, there is. Being <laughs> Listen, I know someone who's done it. It is extremely difficult to do, though. You need to have a whole pod to yourself. Yeah, which, to be fair, now is a lot easier because... You don't need a whole pod to yourself. You, you need, need six cooperative well, people. Yeah, yeah, you need six cooperative people to... Mm-hmm. For, well, basically, with, before, you needed to have a full party. Yeah. Because isn't it like everyone has to click a certain button at the same time or something? It's, it's a combination yeah, it's, of buttons. It's before the seatbelt check finishes, which uh, is difficult. Which I remember, like, the way this came out was it was someone who was like, oh, yeah, my dad is, like, the pro- <laughs> one of the programmers for this and, like, mentioned it to a friend. And then, like, they it was this really weird, like, leak that came out. And then it was a myth for a while because no one could pull it off. Yeah, that's so engineering. You know, they'll sneak in little Easter Which, to be fair, that's just game design. Like, that's yeah, cool. that is game design. Yeah, that's that's, that is... Design. That is cheat codes and video games. It's called it's some new, programmer new, was it's like, the, it's yeah. the modern day Konami uh, code. It's honestly, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, it was the pe- the people who were doing the like dev <laughs> ride testing after they had done the same thing seventy five million times. They're like, let's just do a stupid thing where we click a button and it's chewy the whole time. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I know when you're designing video games, you want to include like quote unquote sheets that let you test certain aspects. This could have been their way to test. Hey, I don't know the English language. Is this ride still makes sense to me? And they would just turn on tree mode and see if they can intuitively get what each oh. control is. But the only thing that. there's a very apparent bias if you're testing a ride that you made. That's true. Well, no, but they could have had other people ride it. Mm-hmm. I know in real like, game design, you always need more game testers. That's true. Honestly, I never thought about that, but that probably makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, old cheat codes were just ways devs could test things pretty quickly. Yeah, mo- most of them, yeah, like level skip codes were for development things. But uh-huh. I think the language thing definitely does bring up a point because as a park that inherently appeals to a larger international audience, 
having a ride with a lot of narration that requires user input, you you wouldn't yeah. have to have a level of intuitiveness to it. You'd hope. Sadly, that didn't help your first ride to experience. No, but, you know, no it didn't. Like an idea. My my second one was better. I I had a group that was. It was just sad because it was me and my sister who were literally like screaming about every little thing we ran around because it was amazing. <laughs> and then this family who like didn't they they did not have a care in the world. They looked dazed to be there. <laughs> and I was like, "Do you understand the weight of what you're sitting in right now?" Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's that's definitely an interesting concept. Um, so kind of, does, does anyone have any additional just things about the ride experience or the ride system they want to add? It's just Mission Space plus Star Tours. That's all this ride is. I mean, I think it's Mission Space, but what they wanted Mission Space to be. I think they could have done better. Yeah. I, and I, I do agree. Yeah. If you, if you boil it down to, I, I think this is what happens when some executive came in and looked at it and went, this needs this capacity. Like, this needs to, you know, hire the best game designers in the business. Well, it's not yeah. even the game. It's the physical... Your, it's the it's, physical limitation. It, it, it's your... It's your it, how the guests interact with the ride is the problem, not yeah, the but ride that, itself. That, that's, all, that's also game design, though. Yeah, right. Interaction yeah. design yeah, is true. game design. Yeah, that's your yeah. input. Instead of a joystick, you have yeah, exactly. a small screen that's on the side of the projector. But yeah, this although it does have my favorite characteristic of Mission Space, which is in addition to all the buttons that you're supposed to press, there's about 75 trillion other knobs that you can go <laughs> flipping. Mm -hmm. Like, because I'm that guy when I write Mission Space that's just like clicking everything, just like... Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, talk about Mission Space. There was a time I was stuck in there for, I think, 35 minutes with... Uh, three of my other friends, and we just kept clicking buttons the entire time. Making we made we made a whole like, soundtrack. It was so much fun. <laughs> it's honestly like that's kind of fun. Yeah, like just get really into it. Like, yeah, I will say though, I'm very glad that Disney went with the more interactive, the more um, guest-controlled approach. Because even though it had missed some of the marks, it's one of the first um, places a large-scale amusement park tried essentially putting a video game in the park. And beyond. there's a lot of ties, yeah. Well, beyond the shooters, it's a different, yeah. it's a different um, frame, if you will, uh, one that requires more teamwork, oh, yeah, um, which is hard to do in a park where you have six seats and the average party size is four. It's an interesting choice, but I like that they went on a limb and tried it. And even though it failed, I love seeing stuff that fails because that's something you can learn from. And again, even. At the end of the day, barring the nothing is getting invested in for any time in the near future thing, um, at the end of the day, because for the same reason that you can update a Star Tours, being a simulator, you can stick a new experience in it that is only then limited by physical aspects. Uh -huh. yeah, it's so, very improved. Yeah, so a, a lot of the game design aspects could be improved upon. Definitely. I'd love to see them turn it into like a space battle similar. That would Honestly, be cool. Like that. that would I be think, really cool. Yeah, because yeah. points would matter. Because be me being super hype about Star Wars Squadrons right now. Also, <laughs> one of the um, one of the um, reportedly one of the uh, finished experiences had branching pads. Oh wow, man! You know, like different different uh, you know paths that you can take. 
Can we have one that that like is like an offshoot of the original Star Tours, or like we're supposed to be going to Endor and we end up in an ice field? Like the... <laughs> parody of parody of Star Tours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the land in general. Honestly, Galaxy's Edge. I feel like they're in still that phase one. There's still so much they have left to do, like a phase two and a phase three. And I feel like in those, yeah. that's when Smugglers is going to have more to it than just this one scenario where you get in this coaxium mm-hmm. but that gets into another other argument which is that you know i don't like the idea of opening unfinished lands like that's this another is thing. this common this is the yeah, that just not trend that's like yeah that that and this has become a common trend with disney which is opening you know things in phases like you could even argue that like marvel started all of this like with all the you know phases and everything but mm. it's sh- it's such a departure from you know traditional okay you have a land it's finished it's built everything's open go wild yeah and then your department on the other hand is like on to the next thing yeah to to be fair though disney inherently does a lot more attraction expansions than they do large scale land like land expansions be barring opening of new parks the only thing i have to say against that garrett is that it is disney is built on money that's all they want is money so the more they add to new lands and phases it'll force people to come back like i was talking with my dad earlier he said the only reason he want we've been to disney so many times the only reason he wants to go back is literally because they opened rise no other reason because well yeah it's, it's if they offer something like it's it's the same thing of why we said the marketing reason for why they don't release all of the smugglers experiences if you offer everything if you offer okay. everything at the beginning no one's gonna i have it. i have no issue with adding on to a land after it's open but the idea of opening it unfinished land is a problem that's true galaxy's edge is completely unfinished it's mm-hmm. it's like this idea of what see in a video game so you have a game that's released and it's complete and it's a complete experience when it's released and then you have like dlc that's added on later but if you release a game that's broken and you know like barely works that's bad you know it's bad for a game it's bad for a theme park except it can get away with it yeah but just because they can get away with it doesn't mean it's not a problem. Should, I don't yeah. know. Before we kind of transition to the discussion of the land overall, I kind of want to just ask the question of what, in your opinion, is unfinished about it. The land? No, I'm saying that the land... Oh, what's unfinished that... about Galaxy's Edge? I have many yeah. things that are unfinished. I think oh, yes. The, uh, I think there should be aliens. I think there should be droids. I think okay, that so, yeah, there no. was a lot that... That was promised in the original D twenty three reveal that didn't make it. Can I transition this a little bit? Mm-hmm. Okay, so originally when they announced Galaxy's Edge and stuff, and they were giving concept art on ABC, they announced, and this is one of the points on the thing, they announced a dinner show, sit down restaurant that had C three PO. There's actually a picture of it. You can find it online. And it's pretty cool. You got C-3PO, and it's supposed to have a show with it. But I don't remember that. I remember, I remember the that thing. I don't remember the dinner show. I remember the dinner show, yep. And what ended up happening is that there's a square in Galaxy's Edge that isn't built anything. It's just a random square. 
that square is where that restaurant is. Is that next to where Oga's is and the back entrance to Toy Story? Mm-hmm. Yes. They just didn't build it. And now apparently the dinner show is was moved to Galactic Star Cruiser. Are you joking? Really? No. So Disney. now it's, it's, it's like an upturned thing. Although I wouldn't be surprised mm. if that, like uh, all future plans I say are very grain of salt right now. Because Galactic Star Cruiser is in a phase of being a building with nothing concrete done on it, and a lot of change can happen. Star Cruiser is happening. They, they're no Star, Star Cruiser is happening. The building is done, but I meant the fine details of what's in Galaxy's Edge versus what's in Star Cruiser. I think are still very fluid, especially because that got that got defunded and is now one of those it will open eventually projects, even yeah. though it. Was already an eventually because I don't think it had a date. Might be an unfinished hotel. Who knows? <laughs> it's oh no, not the not the pop century again, please. <laughs> what, what was the DVC resort they just canceled that was supposed to be on uh, Seven Seas? Uh oh, Reflections. Yeah, um, you know, was it officially canceled? I, I think it, it was like a, it was like officially axed. I think. I I've heard the only thing that happened with that was leaks. There was just a bunch of stuff barring the fact that construction, like they stopped doing certain construction things and took some stuff out. But I haven't heard an official Disney statement about it being canceled. Um, oh yeah, I found the concept art though. Uh, this looks very like Jabba's Palace e in mm-hmm. in design. When I was mean, this? Oga's is very Jabba's Palace y. Oga's is yeah. Um, so. Which okay, so I, I kind of want to want to lead into here of the because we're kind of discussing the whole like what was originally con- discussed, but I want to mm. go into the whole land overall. Mm. So the 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 land in and of itself currently includes you have smugglers, you have um you have rise as well at the other end. Uh, you have the like, cantina, which is Oga's. You have Savi is the lightsaber building experience. You have the droid builders area. Um, you have the main, like, big retail being uh, uh, Don Doc Ondaka. Doc Ondars? Doc, Doc Ondars. Yeah, lightsaber yeah. guy. Lightsaber crystals. Yes. Um, yeah. And then you have a couple other things, like there's Forced Order Supply and the Resistance Cargo. I think they call it the market. Docking Bay 7. Yeah, then there's the, so then there's the market, which is the other area that has, like, the smaller stalls, like um, the uh, Toydarian Toymaker. Uh, that's where the popcorn stall is. Um, there's the like Jedi Outfitters one. Um, there's the creature stall. There's a couple, and it's meant to be like an open air market thing, which very interestingly now apparently is because of like social distancing, they are limiting the people in the market and then individually limiting people in each store. So you basically you get a store to yourself. There's one party per cool. I won't lie. So they said <laughs> like they have someone at the edge of the market like area that's like counting people. And then at the at each little store because they're basically like open air like walk in little stalls, so they're like one party in right now. Um, so you have that, and then um, additionally you have the Ronto Roasters area, the Blue Milk Stand, a couple other things. But overall, versus what was what was originally planned, because we talked about there was there was a few concepts like the um, uh, the dinner show. There's supposed to be a lot more like aliens and droids and things. Okay, I hate to go back to things they should have done, 
but this is something no, I know what we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, no, but this, is, this is not even concept art, but like, I want them to build a Dumbo that's with X wings. That would have been, I know it's not what they do anymore. <laughs> I think that would have been okay. such a good thing to have in the land. No, you, you bring up a very good point. I think that the land was very much in need of a sea ticket. And I think mm-hmm. that's something, you know, that's something that's not even unique to Galaxy's Edge is that a current land, you know, according to Disney nowadays, is two e-tickets and some restaurants. I, nice. or, Sorry, I would argue... Yeah, I would argue Smugglers is not an e-ticket, and it's not meant to be. I would argue the opposite. Disney wants it to be. They shove it down our throats, but I refuse to think it's an e-ticket. I mean, as much as you refuse to think it is, I think it's meant to be one. Or mm. that, that was... The amount invested into it versus uh, just versus, putting X-Wings Yeah, on exactly. The, the amount of money that was invested into it, you know, you know the detail and the queue and everything... You can take that into the the amount they've put into, like, I I mean, I don't know. I guess it's kind of the idea of every land opening with two e-tickets. But, like, the way they're marketing uh, the Avengers campus, what it sounds like, like, Spider-Man is not the e-ticket of that. All right, well, let's let's rephrase it then. Um, You have a star attraction, a supporting attraction, and a few restaurants. So, Pandora, star attraction, supporting attraction, a few restaurants. Toy Story Land, same thing. But I, I think inherently, well, no, Toy Story Land has three. And well, I don't know if I would count Mania because that was there. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, but I, I think because Mania was there, inherently Alien Swirling Saucers becomes that lower end ride without needing another big attraction. Is because I think the, that's what we're discussing. What, what, what it's, yeah. it, it's more about, it's, it's less about it being, you know, two tickets, one ticket. It's about two attractions. And mm-hmm, uh, exactly, and you know, food and retail. Yeah, which just doesn't feel like a complete experience. Which does yeah, exactly, it doesn't feel complete, especially when you have a land as big as Galaxy's Edge. There it's, is so much empty it's, land. It's, it's massive. There's so much empty space in between. Um, what great movie ride and Galaxy's Edge? There is a crap load of space. It is kind mm-hmm. of insane. It's ridiculous how much is you know, just unused. Yeah, and I think that just kind of leads to the whole inherent, like, I, which, I mean, I'm not going to argue that, like, you can't make a smaller ride, but the level of immersion they're going to, like, I'm trying to think of what you could use as a, like, flat ride equivalent that still fits within the goal of that. Well, originally, there was supposed to be a third ride. There was supposed to be a sea ticket, which was a ride on a Bantha. Yeah. Um, oh, that sounds lit. And I'm not sure, you know, what sort of, uh, you know, what the logistics of that were, whether it was like around the entire land or limited to a certain area. But yeah, that was going to be a thing. And that was one of the first things that was cut. Mm-hmm. That's what's one of the things that's needed for these new lands. Something yeah. small that everyone yeah. can enjoy. Yeah, and it's exactly. not this big well, overarching thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. And that's the point that I was trying to get to. Yeah. Well, and I think, and the problem is doing back to the comparison of, um, of with Pandora, because I would argue that for all intensive purposes, Navi river journey is that 
but because there isn't another big attraction, it gets a similar crowd level, and therefore it's a ridiculously long line for a ride that is ultimately a boat ride that's not worth ultimately, it. Ultimately, I think Pandora is actually a complete land because of its size and just the environment is so exotic, it yeah, feels exactly. like an attraction on its own. Yeah, there, there's not would, as much unused space. And, you know, the, the ratio of attractions to land size is much smaller oh, yeah. than that of Galaxy's Edge. But you also have to agree that the... And, and I mean, this kind of goes back to our whole it's, it's to get people to spend more money thing. Uh, someone standing in line is, is standing in line not spending money or doing something somewhere else. So yeah. ultimately, building another attraction is an investment only on ticket sales, whereas expanding food or, you know, other experiences like um, shopping and stuff around the land is people not being in attractions but spending money. Yeah, but you got to look at the big picture, which is, you know, people coming back to the parks over and over again. Oh, yeah, definitely. You no, know, that, that's the real appeal of having more attractions and having a more complete land by more guidance. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. That, yeah, Galaxies, that's just, just too spread out. I think that's there a part of the There should be problem. less shopping and, you know. <laughs> to be, okay, and this kind of boils down into the current state, though, of theme parks. Uh, we got to wait until it's a financially viable and safe, safely viable thing to make things less spacious. Because right now, I think being spacious is to their benefit. Well, that is, that is true. Okay, It'll only okay. take two years. The thing with Galaxies, it's just... It's so spread out. It's like almost, it's like, it's their biggest land. It really is. So I think what it really needs, though, it needs something else next to rise. That's because, yeah, no, that's it. When, because that, when that's you go, that land. Yeah, because when you go, and in my case, when we went, we didn't that's have. That's the, we uh, ran out of money land. We, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't have any, uh, any boarding passes for rise. So, like, rise is in of itself. Uh, if you don't know the layout of the land, there's kind of the like, city area that's like all the buildings and where like all the restaurants and stuff are and then towards the um in near the uh, by muppets yeah in the in the studio side if you go down towards muppets during that entrance it's kind of a big woodland area and it has rise an x-wing an a-wing and uh, some stands their reasoning is that's a forest and it's the old outpost I mean, the reasoning, the reasoning <laughs> is... doesn't hold up. The yeah, reasoning no, that's... Garbage. The but... reasoning, that makes sense for why Rise is separated from the downtown... It should the, be... The whole like, land should be flipped around. Here's my thing about um, reasoning, is that as a storyteller, you can reason anything, any mechanical thing you want to put in your world so well, it's not about the reasoning it's about what what do you want guests to experience first where do you want them to see dead ends um where do you want them to flow um and how yeah. packed should they be and then you can well, build the reasoning. and on a reasoning case it's not you can keep rise in a forest what we're concerned about is the like acre of space to the right of the forest that has nothing in it <laughs> like here here's sort of an interesting question do you think that um, Galaxy's Edge would have benefited if they spent less money on Smugglers Run and Rise and more on filling out the land. Because yes, no. Imagineering is very much known for going way over budget. Uh-huh. Which I, I think really shows itself 
in this land. Mm-hmm. Like it or not, with how themed, unthemed, spacious, or dense the land is, ultimately at the end of the day, people will hear Rise is amazing and it's the coolest ride ever. And that's going to draw people. And the people might walk in and say, hey, you know, this is an empty area over here. But like, you're going to, it's, you're going to draw more people in if you have a crazy groundbreaking attraction than you are with a here's a moderately well-themed land. But the thing is, it how doesn't do have to. It, yeah, like one, how do we know? And two, how, you know, to what degree could you scale back Rise to where it's still a groundbreaking attraction, but not co- go way over budget and cost, you know, billions of dollars? Jared, this is my thing. Yeah. With Rise, I think you can't scale it back at all. It is... I don't want to say it's a perfect ride because that's not a thing, but it's as close as I think we may ever get. It is the level of immersion is just something else. Like I, I know the cast, I, I don't want to get too much into rise because that's not what this is about, but you can't <laughs> take money away from rise because you do that. It's not as good and it's not as immersive smugglers take money away. It's not immersive at all. Discussion for next episode. <laughs> There's the buzzword immersion. Uh, um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I think going back to it, there there definitely is some more they could do. And I, I think, and from someone who wasn't able to ride Rise and therefore had a Rise-less, we'll say, Galaxy's Edge experience, that half of the land seems just utterly useless. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I was which, to the point where we avoided it. And I became, which I, to my detriment, because we didn't go anywhere near all the like resistance themed shopping things, and I missed some stuff I wanted mm-hmm. to buy. You get to the point where we walked in, and at that point, it was during the like rise had just recently opened. There were like you know still like crowds of people around it trying to like scan boarding passes. So we're like, okay, we just want to stay away from this. We don't have any reason to be here. So because of that inherently coming in through the Muppet side, it's walk past everything and then get to the other half. But because of that, you like, and I think it also kind of in the current state hurts the amount of theming that is there because barren or not, like there isn't a lot to do there, but there's still some cool things to go look at, but you just don't have any incentive to. (laughs) So that's another problem is you're banking the entire success of your land on a ride that not everyone is going to get to ride in one day. And also, like, then, what's the point of the land everyone's going for the ride? Like, is Galaxy's Edge, would there be a marginal difference? Exactly. Rise, if Galaxy's Edge existed or not? Oh, I only go on Galaxy's Edge for Rise of the Resistance. No, Exactly, and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a problem. problem. Oh, no, it is. Yes. But okay. I, I, I think from the counter-argument of as someone who didn't get to ride Rise and therefore had a full day, I spent a lot of time just walking around doing things. Yeah, no counter-argument. I've also, I, I have the luxury of being there, so I could go whenever I want. So I think yeah, that you, also you affects are local, it. So. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, the, the, and- the normal tourist, the whole land is amazing, but taking the grain of salt out of, hey, I've been here so many times, and I'm just like, oh, get on this ride and leave. No, but yeah, that but that, tor- that tourist might not be able to ride rise, is what I'm saying. And that doesn't answer the question of would guests' um, attendance be effect- affected if Galaxy's Edge didn't exist and only rise was there? I don't think it would. Because <laughs> so that. Then, 
So, so why have Galaxy's Edge? I think if you if you had a okay if you had Rise in a vacuum though, but like inherently people do go for Smugglers and the rest of. No, that's that's why they open it later. So they bring people back. Um, they go to Smugglers, but I don't think they're you know, I don't think they're spending you know as much time you know like just sitting in the land and chopping around as you know people are kind of led to believe. Garrett, sitting, right. people are mostly sitting, waiting around for their boarding pass half the time. Okay. Yeah, but they're not really in the land doing that. They they just kind of get their boarding pass and they leave. Yeah, and I, I think that more leads to the, again, discussion for next episode of how the boarding pass system was handled. Yeah. I will say from my experience, I, was... I personally found myself walking around looking at everything i literally spent my entire day in galaxy's edge that's true and i will say that the um the demographic of star wars fans they're the ones who'd be excited to spend the day in batu i know one of my friends who doesn't love theme parks but he loves star wars the first thing he talked about was making a lightsaber so for that aspect yes um batu makes sense um but on the flip side if you're an international tourist because Walt Disney World has a bunch of international tourists and you have a limited time to do everything you want, you'd end up cutting some of those lower tier things. And one of those things might be um, getting to explore uh, Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, I guess I guess I, I kind of want to segue to something else. One thing when waiting around for Rise that happened a lot, there is a Chewbacca show that happens right outside the exit of Galaxy's Edge. And that's one thing Galaxy's Edge does well is the character stuff when they actually do it. Um, one time when I went to my- I, I agree, <laughs> but I don't think they do it nearly no, they, enough. They don't, that's the thing. Oh. They don't do it. So what are some like other, I just want to hear what you guys think, other things that Galaxy's Edge does well. Because we kind so, of we just hated on it this entire time, and I kind of feel yeah, bad. Yeah, which, yeah. Which I think, to be fair, it, this is kind of the, you know, like hindsight critics here mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the we don't design theme parks, but we can shit on them all we want. It's as as much as you know. Speak we, for yourself. <laughs> okay, I'm sure. okay. One day, you, one day, one day. Yeah, well, one day we'd all like to. I am not. I'm pretty sure Garrett already does. Let's, yeah, let's Garrett, Garrett, you you you've uh, you've hit the industry. Okay. Yeah, you, you're the lucky one out of us. You made it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. You climbed um, the mountain. Yeah, but like it, as as much as we ha- I have, or at least I, I'm speaking for myself personally. As much as I have criticism and there's things you could change, ultimately I still think Galaxy's Edge is amazing, and I, as a Star Wars fan, like went nuts going to it. But um, one thing I kind of wanted to uh, go into is, but yeah, like we said, the uh, the things that went well and like the uh, cast interactions. Mine was, which is very interesting. We had a our entire trip to the studios was made even better by the fact that my sister insisted on carrying this Stitch plush she bought with her. My sister has a Stitch obsession, and she bought this giant Stitch plush like earlier in the week when we were at Magic Kingdom, and she took it around with her the whole day. So it started mm-hmm. with. Uh, before we went to Galaxy's Edge, we had an early morning fast pass for Star Tours. So, unrelated to Galaxy's Edge cast members, but we went into Star Tours and and Stitch was the Rebel Spy, which was pretty neat. <laughs> I love like, that. That's so, so wholesome. And I had a I had a sinking feeling because the cast member came over and like commented on the Stitch, and I'm like, 
are they gonna do the stitch as the and then sure enough they <laughs> zoomed in on stitch because it was sitting in her lap <laughs> and i'm like that's great but we went around and every cast member had was fascinated with the stitch so we went to docking mm -hmm. bay seven and the cast members there were bartering with her over what they could give her for this rare creature i love that <laughs> like like they were they were sitting there like they're like we'll pay for your meal we will give you this many credits we will do like they're like we mm -hmm. want <laughs> and then we had we had the uh uh while waiting at um savi's uh so we were it was late at night we were outside um like before they let your party in the in the room and um and we had the thing where the random encounter where the stormtroopers will come and investigate the uh what is it scrap dealing the scrap metal they're officially doing yeah the scrap metal which is it was legitimately an awesome like because all the cast members come over they're like guys okay scrap metal don't say anything they're like if they ask and like one of the stormtroopers is sitting there with one of the lightsaber pieces like putting it on his gun scope like trying to figure out what it is <laughs> yeah and one of them just comes over looks at the stitch looks at my sister and goes i don't know how you tamed that thing but good job keep it away from us <laughs> yeah Cole, Cole, kind of like bounce board i have a baby yoda i bought off etsy and brought to galaxy's edge <laughs> you don't bravo eric you are you are officially you need one these six billion people who've done that. <laughs> no, no 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 so no, i did it before they made all the merchandise though ah. so oh, it was okay. prior so you were one of the first yeah so I went on rise. I'm going to speak about that another time. That was ridiculous. But like we, when we, me and my mom went to build a lightsaber, Kylo was with the stormtroopers. Oh, that was, <laughs> he took it from me and said, <laughs> what is this creature? <laughs> That's amazing. I don't think I've laughed on the floor in fear and happiness harder in my life. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, I think, the combination is that and kids in costumes are great because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I've also seen back before Galaxy's Edge opened. There was a um, uh, back when they used to have the stormtroopers patrolling around Launch Bay. I remember there was a there was a girl who came up full like probably like maybe like seven eight years old full ray outfit with a lightsaber and she she stares down one of the like stormtroopers turns on her lightsaber and just glares at them and they both look at each other and then they look at their handler and they go. How do we handle this one? <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. Stuff I... like this that makes Galaxy's Edge at redeemable, in my mind. It, yeah, I, I think it is too. I just I, I think it's just you brought up the frequency thing. I ready for the hot take. Um, just take away all the rights, make it all immersive theater. I'd be okay with mm, that. I'd be okay, I'd be with, okay that. with that too. Yeah, because you can make another Rise of the Resistance with another IP. I don't think you can make another immersive theater without something as large as Star Wars. No. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Which, and I do think the immersive theater thing also kind of goes into the some of the stuff that was initially stated that kind of fell through. Mm -hmm. Like the whole, um, the whole data pad thing ended up really getting, it, it's still cool, but it got like really neutered. Mm -hmm. By the time it mm -hmm. came out, because I remember the original the original concept that got pitched, which is like the thing I held on to, was which kind of leads to the reason why I think score became less of an of an important thing in Smugglers, is they kept doubt touting this how you do will relate specifically to you in the land and people will treat you differently. 
Mm-hmm. They kept being like, "Oh, you'll run into someone at the bar that or at the at the cantina that'll like either haggle you if you didn't do well or if you did well, they'll like, you know, tip you or something like that." They're like, "Oh, you know, someone'll buy you a drink." Like they're like, you mm-hmm. know, a bounty hunter will come looking for you if you didn't do well. Like there was a lot of I remember that stuff too. Yeah, and I, I remember it which is I find very interesting because while writing some stuff up for this episode, I was just scrolling through the Wikipedia um uh like page for galaxy's edge and they very interestingly still have some of that listed so cole something i'll argue part of me thinks the people on galactic star cruiser will get that kind of experience and i oh, don't I know why but 100%. i 100 because it's a gu- yeah. I, it's gonna be a guided experience through galaxy's edge so because on galactic star cruiser you are going you to sign money. a piece of paper that you are a, a part of this and the cast member like it's it, i think it's the amount of acknowledgement like galactic star mm-hmm. cruiser you know what you're getting into galaxy's edge the everyday layman guest still walks into it right and, and I, I because of that you can't do it yeah and i think it's ultimately just kind mm-hmm. of the that, that's the issue you run into is for the people who which which is i think what they were trying to do with what ended up becoming of the data pad of like the people who want to get into it can't get into it people who don't don't mm-hmm. because at the end of the day you don't want someone stalking around pestering a guest because of how a ride went like if you take mm-hmm. that out of the concept of star wars that sounds terrible yeah i but if in, in the concept it sounds fun yeah what i would have done is uh, instead of making it about a skill um, I would have made it about a choice a guest can opt into. Uh, Ghost Town's Alive, uh, if we're throwing it way back over there, does this pretty well with a mustache system. Uh, kids can go to a barber shop and choose like one of four mustaches, and this would interact how or affect how characters interact with them throughout the whole day. So instead of making it based off of skill, which is something people can't really control, if they just got a choice, saying, well, and they, they hey, kind of do this. that with the droids in a way, because you have the uh, the chips that like have allegiances which mm-hmm. i've heard mixed results as to whether or not certain cast are aware of that because i heard someone oh. who had a story where a stormtrooper came up to them and like knew like because they were like oh you better reprogram that droid to be a first order droid because they had a resistance chip in it and i don't know mm-hmm. if that was convenient like you know stuff lining up or if they actually do now because I know they make different sounds and ping off in different places, but uh, kind of leading into, because I'd, I'd like to you know keep this on track, oh, no. uh, I wanted to do some more in-depth discussions on the specific aspects. Uh, before we get to that, though, I did want to throw in the joke of when Galaxy's Edge was being uh, initially like hyped and announced. WDI's favorite word became authentic. They used it in everything. Like, <laughs> but it's a free park, my guy. Is- no, no, but like every single thing, they're like authentic Star Wars experience. And I just found it funny that like there was a running joke where they're like, if they say the word authentic, what, like, what does that mean? So does that mean Star Wars is a fake Star Wars experience? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's exactly. a disingenuine. This, it's not real, guys. Don't worry. Just a theme park. Uh-huh. Can um, we all agree but, that Star Tours is better than um, Smuggler's Run? Oh, 100%. Like at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> I like them both for different reasons. No, but I had a lot of not a debate. I had a, it's not. I, okay, I will. I'll give you that. Um, so going into, <laughs> I kind of want to discuss the main 
the big other three things I'd say in the land being Savi's droid builders and Ogas. So Savi's being the lightsaber experience that sadly currently you can't really do because of COVID. But um, back when it actually opened, it was a very neat way of honestly. And I remember when I first did it, it was on paper. It's you pay $200, you go and you get to build a nice lightsaber. But people kept saying, no, no, it's an experience. No, and I, I was just going to say, like, it's one of those things that's, it's hard to convey. But if you're a Star Wars fan, it is. Like, yeah, like when I did it, I went with my mom. And honestly, I think it's really $100 for the experience, $100 for the lightsaber. Because that experience, oh, yeah. I, she was even tearing up and she doesn't even like Star Wars. It was <laughs> one of the coolest things I have ever done. Yeah, and the I will say the cast members they have doing that get really into it because the whole the whole thing is you know there is uh, Black Spire Outpost currently has a bunch of First Order presence and you know they're not going to go around being like hey look we're building lightsabers in the middle of this so they are officially a scrap dealer and um, so you go in you make your reservation for your scrap metal. And then, like, <laughs> they, like, smuggle you all into, like, a dark little room. <laughs> and you go through. And it's honestly, and it's a really cool thing. So they go through, like, you pick the kyber crystal, which I love because they have them in the, like, kyber crystal storage containers from Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Which are really neat. Um, so you pick those. You, like, there's a bunch of different lightsaber parts you can pick. But then they do this whole cool thing where they, like, go over each color and, like, the whole like room changes and then you get like a spiel from Yoda, like this guy, like it's a, it's a very theatrical experience Mm -hmm. with a lot of emotion put into it. And then there's the cool thing they do where everyone builds their lightsaber and they have all of the, um, uh, all of the blades, like in these, like, like tubes in the, uh, in the table. And it's like, I describe it as like, like a big poker table. Like it's this big kind of like round. (laughs) Oval. It really is. Yeah, it is. And it's, I forget, do you know how many, what is it, like 10 it's parties 10. you can have it's in there? 10. Yeah. So, but there's a really cool thing where they do where everyone builds their hilt and then they go through and they go, okay, everyone's done. And then they, they connect all of your lightsabers to the blades that are sitting in the table. And then there's a time where they turn off the lights, everyone ignites them at once, and then they open up and everyone lifts their lightsaber up. And it's like the coolest thing ever. Because <laughs> it's, yeah. Everyone That's in the room cry. at the same time turning theirs on. It's like it's if you like Star Wars, it is an emotional thing. Mm-hmm. I won't lie. I tried to put my white kyber crystal in, and they told me to take it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, so I yeah. had to go purple sadly because I already i I never thought I'd buy a lightsaber, so I already bought all the kyber crystals. <laughs> oh, I so I went in. So my Galaxy's Edge thing, I was like, all right, I. I snookered into getting my light my lightsaber as my birthday present. So I'm like, I'm getting that. And then I had a long debate of do I want a droid? I ended up buying a droid. But um no, I went with uh, I went with purple toe for, for mine. Which Mace Windu's just a great man, that's why. He's the best prequel <laughs> character outside of Palpatine. You're right. He's too dangerous to be kept alive. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so leading into next, uh, Droid Builders is the other kind of big purchased experience at um, at Galaxy's Edge. Um, the name implies you build a droid. 
being a little bit cheaper, if they're a hundred bucks, um, you get a cool little like RC droid. You get to customize uh, BB ones, R ones. Um, you pick colors on it and stuff. It was very funny because remember before I went, I was like, "I'm getting a lightsaber. I don't need a droid." And then I was like, "Yeah, maybe you know, like I got some money for my birthday. I'll I'll buy one." And then I remember I went when I went in, they have these backpacks that you can stick your droid in, and they got like a little window, and they'll like beep as you walk around the land. And they're like fifty dollar backpacks, and I was like, "I don't need a backpack." <laughs> yes, I, you do. I, by the by the time I made it to the store, I had seen enough people with backpacks. I'm like, they're so cute. I need one. Troy <laughs> <laughs> just one thing. I don't think I'm gonna build. It's gonna be one of those. There was this. There was a store that used to be in my mall called Robot Galaxy. I, it was this old, it was basically what Droid Builders is. And it was the biggest money hole ever because I got it and then never touched it again. And I'm wait, was it like, was it like the, um, uh, what was it that, uh, like RC car thing that used to be in the building where co op is now at Disney Springs? No, no, no. This, this, this wasn't in Springs. This was in like my local mall. No, but I meant, was it similar to that? I don't remember right. what was in Springs, honestly. Oh, it was, um, it was like an RC car thing where you could pay to like build an RC car and then you could like Lightning keep, McQueen. Yeah, where you could keep like buying parts. They had them in Disney there. stores. Yeah. I just remember this was it no, was like, like a money pit where you could just yeah, keep I buying. remember I remember you're talking about. And I definitely got one of those cars because I, I it's in next to me right now. <laughs> um <laughs> also I would argue for your why you wouldn't buy a droid. Um if you like model painting. There is a fun rabbit hole. So I, I did a like weather wash <laughs> on mine and it's all like grimy and dirty and he looks great. I love Ooh, it. That does sound nice. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people like there's people who do custom stuff on their droids and they're cool. Oh yeah. It just it feels like a money hole. It is, but as a person who collects toys, it sits on my shelf and looks nice next to all of my other stuff. <laughs> so but I guess that's just me being materialistic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then kind of going from there, so you have Savi's of Droid Builders, then you have Oga's, which is the Oh, cantina. boy, Oga's. The single best part of oh, the Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. Hey, hey, hey. So I got to close the park at Oga's. We had, like, the My last reservation. It was great. I will nice. argue, one hot take, Oga's is partially stunted by the fact that there is no seating. Yep. No, mm-hmm. I love that, though. It is tiny. Okay, that's great at certain points, but in our case, it was the end of the day. It was like 8 p.m. We'd been in the park for like eight hours, walking around all day, and we're like dead. And then we're like, okay. We went in and we're like, oh, wait, we don't get to sit. We just have to stand here for an hour. Yeah, but it gives that cantina vibe so well. It's like banger. What's sad is there are tables, but the tables are reserved for like... Um, larger parties large parties Parties. although i've heard now that since reopening um it's a lot easier to get the tables (laughs) yeah Uh, i i've been twice uh once we were able to get a table it's it's an awesome experience we yeah we didn't have a table but we did have one of the like bar tables right in front of rex yeah, I was going to say, the very first time I was there, we got the bar table in front of Rex, and I was with my friend who uh, has a DSLR. Oh my god, we had so much fun taking pictures of the drinks in front of uh, Rex. Yeah, we had the one um, just to the left, like in front of that, in front of the like uh, seating table, like to the left of Rex. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, were, we were close. It was nice. 
Um, One thing I found that was cool about Ogas is that in the tables itself, it has like LED lights in it that change color. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole atmosphere at Ogas is great. I've also heard it's about one of the most fun places to bartend. But also, can we talk like about the drinks at Ogas? I mean, hey, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> who's over 21? Because I'm not. Am I the. I uh, nope. You are, Josiah? I am, yeah. Alex, are you? No, I'm not. Well, right, yes, it's me and Josiah. All right. We're talking, no, we're talking about the Jabba Juice. Yeah, I haven't been there yet, so it's all you. <laughs> Jabba Juice. Okay, once you guys turn of age, definitely try the Jedi the Jedi mind trick and... Oh, frick. What's the other one? Hang on. You guys can talk. I have to look up okay. the menu. Well, for those of us who are underage, <laughs> Jabba Juice is the greatest drink of all time. It is... Oh, what is it? It's orange pineapple juice with kiwis and uh cantaloupes and it is the best thing to have in the morning it is so good hmm. wait didn't they do a weird breakfast menu for a while yeah they, they have oatmeal and this um i want to say it's like a lot chocolate lava cake that's like it's something themed to mustafar it's so good oh yeah like the the mustafarian lava buns or whatever and then they have like yes a yes yeah it's it's, it's a it is a, yeah it's a oh my god what is it's a cinnamon bun. Yeah. Okay. When you guys are of age, you have to try <laughs> the fuzzy tauntaun. So it's like the blue milk with alcohol. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not the blue milk. It's it's like this. Uh, it's this peach peach vodka uh, with like orange and tangerine. But the kick is that it has this like this passion fruit foam on top, where if you um if you eat it or like drink it or whatever it numbs your mouth it's, huh. it's the most that, surreal experience huh. i've ever had no. eating anything in my life it's like you can't feel your face it's amazing <laughs> i got i got the carbon freeze while i was there so <laughs> it lasts for like 10 minutes it's so great that's amazing. i do have to say there, there's a very uh cool direction they went with the drinks there my only complaint is honestly which kind of leads into a lack of sit-down food. Um, because of that, I really wish that there was more than food. one food item on the menu. I mean, it's supposed to be a bar. That's that's my argument yeah, against it. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. has, like, typical bar food. No, but it doesn't. It has one thing. I mean, I guess, a, yeah. Then there's yeah, a where's my wings? <laughs> like, <laughs> there's, like, a weird, like, charcuterie tray thing. Like, there's... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I got Jesus. that when I was there. It was just okay. Yeah, like that's just that, that's my only thing is because even if you take like like even um what is it the the bar brewery place on um on Grand Avenue that they opened. I have no idea. Over across from Muppets. Um, it's not Pizza Rizzo. Oh, no, no, I know, another... I know. It had the umbrellas, and it's on yeah, the corner yeah, across from a... the DVC store. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a brewery they open there. Like even that, like it's a bar, but it has you know more food. I mean, sci-fi I, is also right next to it. I I think the issue is Oga's was designed in a vacuum where a sit-down restaurant would have very well suited yeah. it as an addition. So Oga's Oga's was actually supposed to be the waiting area area for the sit-down restaurant. So there were supposed to be two of them. That's yeah. why it's so small. Oh, Which, gotcha. That would make sense because the thing is. As just a cool Star Wars bar, 
it's great. But if you look at the food offerings of um uh what do you call it of uh Galaxy's Edge, you have docking bay, which is counter service, but it's you know a full building and has tables. You then have Ronto, which is just a stand. You have mm-hmm. the popcorn place, which is a stand, and the blue milk place, which is just drinks, which is a stand. And then you have Ogo. You tell me getting a hot dog at 7 a.m. from Docking Bay 7 isn't a good idea. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know how many times I've done that, though. It's like... <laughs> I'm saying it'd be nice to have an option in addition to a 7 a.m. Docking Bay 7 hot dog. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, what gets more Star Wars than that? Sounds like a good tailgate. <laughs> Is the hot dog theme to the weird, like, meat stick thing that Luke had in Empire? No, it's just a normal hot people? dog. Like, that's really sad. Know, yeah. It's just normal hot dog. <laughs> it's no different than what I can go get at, like... Uh, the ABC commissary. Yeah, three except um, three dollars more, of course. <laughs> but yeah, no, legitimately. And for anyone who doesn't know, uh, the so Rex at Oga's is the old pilot. So this is back into the history of Star Tours. Back before Star Tours got renovated, there was a droid named Rex, uh, voiced by the voice actor for Pee Wee Herman. I forget his actual name. Um, but uh he which was like he was a new droid that you know wasn't very good at his job and uh so now in the story of galaxy's edge he has become the cantina dj so he is now dj rex I which really there are like some when he breaks down i don't know why. oh i love yeah where, where he the, the one where like the whole thing shuts down and then he screams light speed dandor yeah it's great Oga, the first time I went to Oga's, I was just because I it was just a surreal experience. It's like this is the coolest thing I think I've ever done in a Disney park. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that was, and that I was think that Oga's is like the best part of Galaxy's Edge, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went on Rise ten minutes later though, and that easily became number two. So, so I would yeah. In our case, it was Oga's was like we literally closed the park when we left. They were like escorting us out. That's the way but, to do it. Uh huh. That's the way to do it, except in our case when it was the last day of our like week long vacation and we had just been like walking around all day. And it, it was kind of, you know, a it was amazing and surreal, but at the same point we were like beyond dead. So I'm like <laughs> I would very much like to do this with like some other friends at a point when I'm rejuvenated enough to actually like take all right, it all. Cole, Cole, hop on a train and I hop, got on, you. hop on a train. I don't Yeah, let's do it. I can Right now. <laughs> I'm in Atlanta. You want to come get me? <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right, I'm driving down to Florida. I'll just take a detour. Yeah. One part about Oga's that I didn't like so much is the waiting system that they have to get in. Because at least when I was there, two months after it opened, there was like a full line outside the door of it. And then you'd have to go up to a cast member and be like, yes, we are this party, party of, you know, whatever number you have. And they're like, okay. Go wait over here and wait until your reservation's ready. Type thing. Um, it's still in like our case. I think awful. it was because we went later. I think we went later, and there was like they were like, "Okay, cool, give us like five minutes," and then we went in. It, it depends on the day, but the the last time I was there, or two times ago, it was it was line out the door like under umbrellas, like how you're waiting for Slinky. Isn't the issue though is because there is limited standby, and so people try and get into that. I think, but Except it's now also them just... Uh, there is no longer standby for for Ogas as of as of now. 
Yeah, I'm surprised they're even opening Ogas. I, I, when I went to get a reservation middle of July, I couldn't get one. But then the next day, they're like, oh, um, yeah, Ogas is opening now. So I have, I know people who know people who work there. And um, apparently, from what I have heard, it went back and forth a lot. Also, too. Just, it was also due to the whole Florida bar licensing thing where they oh, were oh yeah there was the whole thing in florida where they were stopping alcohol sales to certain places uh, depending on what their license was because they were trying to avoid just straight bars and only do restaurants no and they I should think, just sell java juice that's all they should I think sell around that point <laughs> ogas got caught in that and i heard that there was a back and forth about whether or not it was going to open which is why reservations were like up and then down so uh yeah, that gets through those three. We're kind of kind of running long here, so I want to <laughs> kind of steer us towards uh you know what's towards, gonna happen towards the. Towards oh, it's a bigger episode. I was expecting this to run longer than our usuals, but mm-hmm. um, one thing I did want to want to go into is uh normally we'd have a segment about you know ride changes, but that's not really a thing. Besides the fact that it changed when it closed for four months, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, uh, so I kind of want to go into the discussion of future changes and like what everyone thinks is going to happen so Florida obviously has the addition of Galactic Star Cruiser which is a Star Wars themed hotel experience vacation stay thing that is in a state of limbo I'm surprised (laughs) it's still happening but I guess they put too much money into it I want mm. I, when I graduate from college, I'm saving up money just to stay at. It's oh, gonna cost, I, it's I gonna am like three thousand dollars. It's gonna it's, be ridiculous. It's, go, it's going to, and I guarantee you, the second they open it, reservations are going to be gone for, for, for the next four years. I was gonna say the first ten years, but okay, four will go with that. I, I'm gonna stay <laughs> with conservative. It's only a hundred fifty people. Something it's like going that. to be based on how early they bo- or how far in advance they let you book reservations. It might be mm. nine. They might just do nine months, so it's fair. Yeah, which that's it's going to be like refreshing pages every day. But um, so that's a that's a thing that they're working on that'll be connected to Galaxy's Edge, so have its own direction. They're gonna have like immersive buses that will bus you into the park. Yeah, so that'll be which is a very interesting thing. I'm curious, what happens if you want to go to the other parks, or are they you're gonna not allowed? You to go? No, you're or, not allowed. I, from what I understood, it seems it seems you can't. that. It's it's a guided tour of Galaxy's Edge is what's happening. So you're with a t- tour guide this entire time. So there's no I don't, you're not even allowed to go in the rest of DHS. It's only in Galaxy's Edge because to keep I the immersion of being a off another planet, it wouldn't make sense mm. to go to Toy Story Land if you're on Batu. I guess I didn't realize <laughs> that um, that part of uh, Galactic Star Cruiser was people came with you to the park. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. they have. I mean, it is speculation, but it's a very wide speculation. That's what's going to happen because it it just it makes sense. In my case, I was going to say if they let you through the rest of DHS, you just take a DHS bus to any other park. But it just mm-hmm. it wouldn't make sense if you were on another planet and be like, eh, I want to go to the Magic Kingdom." Yeah, that's fair. Um, what if you just, did? What if you just ran away from your toy? Gun? I mean, granted, I don't think they'd stop you. But you can't get into anywhere. They, they already have your credit card. 
That's true. <laughs> that's true. You, they have your soul. You gave them like three thousand dollars. I mean, to be fair, like I, I was the one who made the running joke of. I remember when Galaxy's Edge was announced. I was like, should I? I'm like, I don't care what it takes. I will give Disney my like bank routing number. I just want this. <laughs> but like, um, but yeah. And then one thing I think we'd all like to see is expanded dining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah. a restaurant? A real it's restaurant. Um, I mean, the food there is really good, but they need an actual another restaurant. They mm. need a place where you can go into a building and sit down with food that isn't Docking Bay I 7. I mean, there's, that isn't Docking Bay 7, yeah. Yeah, because the problem is, they're like, oh yeah, there's Rontos, but they're like, Rontos is a stand. Cole, I no won't one. lie, mm -hmm. this isn't an issue with Galaxy's Edge. This is an issue with DHS as a whole. There is so yeah. there is limited yeah. dining. Yeah. You what, Quick service, you have the commissary, you have that padded yo know, area by tower on boulevard and you have woody's lunchbox <laughs> um and no, and, one and of them have, has um, a lot of food you have backlot express honestly that's where we go because a lot of people forget about that yeah i honestly just forgot mm -hmm. that existed my parents reminded me the mm -hmm. other day and i still mm -hmm. forgot it existed also side relate. note anyone who has not walked through the backlot express restaurant building there's a lot of cool props and stuff just around it there. is cool it's it's one of the last remnants of the original vision of Hollywood Studios in like <laughs> its design because it's still designed like a backlot thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that's definitely, I don't know, it, like you said, a DHS issue. But I mean, they are kind of addressing like is that Toy new? Story is getting a sit down restaurant now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say they're getting another restaurant, right? I mean, they have the sci fi dining theater, they have the 50s themed restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, they have a lot of sit-downs. They just don't have a lot of quick service. Yes, yeah. Toy, Toy Story also had the issue of there was a lot planned for that that didn't come out. <laughs> but I think again, Toy Story Land's a good land either way, though. I think it's a good land. I think it was very overpromised. Should we transition to what the fate of Star Tours? Yes, uh, that, was, that was the next thing I want to talk about, which is... And this is a very differing issue based on which park you're at. On the Disneyland end, Star Tours is halfway across the park in its own weird void, and it I don't know if that makes it easier or harder to remove it, but it's in Tomorrowland, so it doesn't it, it's it. not I don't I don't associate yeah. Star Tours with Galaxy's yeah. Edge in Disneyland. The problem yeah, is no. at Hollywood Studios, it is between Star Tours and the entrance to Galaxy's Edge, there is one small area being the Muppets Courtyard. Which should not be removed. Let's let's put that out there. That's no, not I, removed. I, oh no, I am a I am a massive fan of, no, of Muppet Vision. No. Um I, I I love the Muppets area. But I, I think it's and I don't I honestly don't know what the right answer to that is. Because I don't I don't think there is one because it's it's a problem they ran into by putting Galaxy's Edge where it is. And yes. it's mm. it, there I think they're they're not going to change Star Tours because it is a very popular ride. Granted, they also Disney just has made removed... an addition to it. I don't think they're going <laughs> to. No, but granted, Disney has removed popular rides in the past. I thought they were going to move it into Galaxy's Edge, is what I, I think it's more about. likely it will be moved to somewhere. That dead spot, dead area by. um, It would fit there because it's Endor Forest themed, the dead spot, the dead area between that and Mickey Minnie. Well. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't even, you can change the, the theming on the outside of Star Tours already makes no sense because half of it's Tatooine and half of it's Endor, but. Yeah, but we love Tatooine traders. I, I like Tatooine traders in a vacuum. 
I don't like the random idea that for some reason a small portion of the building is themed to Tatooine. I mean, I also don't like it because I lost my King Dika hat that I had when I worked oh, at no. Six Flags. I left it in the oh, seat no. under me on Star Tours, and I went back for it, and it was gone. Oh, a, really? An employee stole it, and I know it's an employee because our pod broke down as we were leaving, and they didn't let anyone else on, and lost it bound and never got it. Because I, I, I've left stuff huh. on Star Tours before, and I've gotten it back, but it's more it's it's less valuable things and more like hey the like backpack with some of the medicine like, that got left like hey, like, <laughs> like hey i lost my yeah. mickey ears but like disney would repla- disney can't replace this no nope Are, no disney's gonna go, they're gonna send someone all the way over to get a king to uh-huh. yes send them all the way to new jersey <laughs> uh, just get them some king to caught ears it'll be easy <laughs> <laughs> no yeah they'll, they'll do they'll give you those ears and they're they'll embroider king to in the back <laughs> I would love some Tony. I'm gonna 3D print those. You use you, you just spawn oh, a monster. Oh, um, I'd buy one instantly. But yeah, I think legitimately the the only concern would be you then have I mean, which is already a concern if you have two simulator rides like, you know, like very adjacent to each other, but you'd have two simulator rides in the same land. Yeah. I think at least in Disneyland before COVID, I would expect two more years. I think after they opened Avengers Campus. They would have closed down Tomorrowland and done a total refresh because they were alluding to that a little bit in um, the Imagineering story with mm-hmm. Joe Rogan moving the the Launch Bay building off of Tomorrowland. It should never have been there in the first place. Yeah. Well, to be mm-hmm. fair, okay, so here's the thing I have, and Launch Bay is kind of part of the, the Star Tours weird issue. I am very confused at why Launch Bay is still there. Because Launch, Launch Bay, Bay was... Meant- no, I, I do. There is a reason, Cole. Um, Launch Bay is meant to be the place where you can meet characters that don't belong. Like, Darth Vader does not belong on Batu. He's dead. Okay. Yes, that, but you you know who's in Launch Bay? Chewie. Chewbacca. Yes, that is BB-8, the only exception. BB 8 and R2. I mean, not R2 and uh, Darth Vader. Only well, one Darth of those. Makes sense. Right. Vader's the only reason I go there anyway, so it's fine. Well, the first place at DHS and in Tomorrowland is a placeholder before Star Wars Land opens, so people can still get their Star Wars filled. I just think they should say to hell with it and put Darth Vader in Galaxy's Edge. I mean, they <laughs> were going to put the Mandalorian and, and the child in as the rumor, and that that would make no sense. I don't care. But, I mean, no one else would care. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean. I would care. No, actually, the Mandalorian. I mean, because we don't know if he's dead by that point. That's true. That's all. But the nerds all. would care, but most people wouldn't yeah, no care. Would. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, well, my thing it's the was the brutal truth. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. My my thing was the pitch. It very well seemed like was, especially in DHS, they announced Galaxy's Edge, and then closed half of the park. So it was very like a. This is a big sacrifice we are making for the sake of the future of this park because pre Toy Story Land and Galaxy Edge opening, like there was a whole argument of like Hollywood Studios should be a half like half price ticket. Like there was not <laughs> a lot there. I mean, and, it still should be in my opinion, but it's okay. Yeah, I know. I didn't, yeah, that's a that's a valid argument. But the so there was very much like this. Hey. Like, we're going to put in a new temporary Star Wars show. We're going to build Launch Bay. And in my case, I took it as a, we're going to put some Star Wars stuff in the parks to hype everyone and get them ready for 
Galaxy's Edge. Because they announced them at the same time, and it was, hey, this is a big project, but you can start to see Star Wars stuff now at this. And then now it's kind of like this weird thing where they're like, yeah, they're like, over here is Star Tours and Galaxy's Edge. Then if you go all the way to the other park, there's a weird random Star Wars museum. <laughs> then, yeah, sure. All of Tomorrowland is basically Star Wars. Hyperspace Mountain, Launch Bay, and... Wait, do you guys still have Hyperspace? No, they don't, but they did at the oh, time. Okay. Uh, uh, this is... If this if Galaxy's Edge wasn't in Disney and had this issue of Star Tours and Launch Bay, would we be scrutinizing them as much? I My issue with Launch Bay is not that it's another spot of Star Wars. My issue with Launch Bay is that it felt like a very temporary thing to build hype for Galaxy's Edge. That and now courtyard is a temporary thing. Yeah, so now post-Galaxy's Edge, I feel like it is a space that could be used for something else within the park. I don't necessarily have an issue with it being more Star Wars, because I'm all for that, but... Well, at least in DHS, that, that property's been used for so many things. You know, it was the original tram tour building, and then... Yeah, and then it was the, the animation building. Animation so. thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think... Uh, my issue, yeah, like Launch Bay is more just kind of a it. It feels like it doesn't serve a purpose. Star Tours is I love Star Tours, and it just feels odd because it's so close, but not in Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. But I very think I I think if you did an investment in it, you could very easily slap Star Tours into Galaxy's Edge. Oh yeah. You ch- you change a few things about it at a beginning that's like, hey, you're in Batu. Honestly, and I then, don't think you could, would need to change anything, to be perfectly honest. It's the problem airport. is... Oh, yeah, no, I meant, like, there, there's... It's very minor things, like... Um, but the, the only issue is it's really easy to say, hey, pick up a building and move it over there. When in reality, that's probably no, that's gonna be so expensive. When yeah, I like, see Star Tours closing before that happens. Yeah, and that's my mm-hmm. concern is while yes, you could build the same ride over there, it just it's not the pick it up and move it, it's still building another ride. Okay, another thing point. though, this is actually not something we've talked about. How Galaxy's Edge is just a big story, how you're supposed to be, hey, you're on here, then you're going to the smuggler's run, you're making a lightsaber, you're going to the cantina. And then the story culminates with Rise. How would another ride even fit into that if it's a story that they've built and they've constrained themselves so much? I don't see that as a linear story. Yeah, I, I see don't that as like a, I, I don't doing. see that as their intention. At least that's not how I interpreted it. Because you can not ride Rise and just be like, oh, I'm smuggling with Hondo. Like it's right. I I think Star Tours actually fits very well because it's something that the everyday citizen of Batu could participate in, which is what you are supposed to be taking on. Like Star Star Tours is Wait. What if instead of, you know how Star Tours is an airport? Yes. Where do airports go? They connect places. What if they pull a um what is it? A Galactic Star Cruiser and at the exit of Star Tours, you go in this bus. And then drive to Galaxy's Edge, and it's like getting off the plane at an airport in a new place. That's the start. No, 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 no. No, hot, hot take, hot take. You build it in, you build it in that area behind on the other side of Rise, and you have the exit back out into Toy Story Land. (laughs) Oh wait, 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 wait. wait. So you're saying 
you take a star speeder to Toy Story Land. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> oh, that's meta. That's amazing. It'd be like those theme parks you build in Roller Coaster Tycoon, where you Wait. have to go on the train to get to a ride. <laughs> okay. No one knows how to so get no, to the here's, ride. Here's the real story. You're in a star speeder that then gets hit by the shrink ray from Body Wars, and that's how you become small and you end up in the backyard of Andy when you visit. Honey, I shrunk the audience oh, 2.0. <laughs> I was pressing um, this is a real thing, but it's sure. That works too. Yeah, kind of kind of getting towards the end. Um does anyone have any any final closing thoughts about just Galaxy's Edge as a whole or smugglers? I'll refrain from trashing on it more because I feel like we've just done that for two and a half hours. Yeah, it's oh, an yeah. interesting departure from traditional theme park design. And I think whether or not it pays off in the end is yet to, you know, mm-hmm. it's been successful so far. So we'll yeah. yeah, and I, I think ultimately it boils down to the like context of like looking at theme parks as theme park fans. You can look at things like, you know, haunted mansion or whatever like those have been around for so long like you know they're everlasting whereas this is still so new that mm. we don't know what the end you know how well it it holds up over time how well it brings in new guests how well it's looked at by future people like yeah. and we, we don't even a, know a time will tell thing yeah i don't even know how it's going to impact the rest of the industry especially because we have this block of time where the theme parks aren't doing anything um Maybe who knows? Maybe in the future we'll see lands go to script and fix some of the mistakes seen here. But it's I'm glad that they went in a different direction. And as much as we just dumped all over it, like that's a big takeaway that this kind of breaks the mold. And that's yeah, really it took weird. a lot of risk to do what they did, and uh-huh. I I think oh, that should be commended. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah springboarding it's- from that. Just we don't know. It's been so recent since it's opened. Maybe like forty years from down the line, this this whole land is gonna seem like a, a, just as timeless as like the haunted mansion being like this the gateway to a whole new aspect of theme park design. We don't know that yet, so maybe mm-hmm. we're hating on it for nothing. I mean, people probably yeah, it'll either that. be the start of a trend or it'll be a one off. You know, yeah. yeah. And I mean, and and not to and this is like a really far fetched analogy. So like, take it as a far fetched analogy, mm-hmm. but take to the original concept of Disneyland. People were like, you're insane. That's not going to work. That breaks every convention of everything. And then it exactly, did. Yeah. So um, I, I think on a much smaller, less serious scale, that we are just in the early, you know, questioning stages of that. Which is what I'm using to justify dumping all over it because pointing out these flaws, places where they can do better, there are ideas that will be taken um, in the future that can address and fix some of these mistakes. Oh, yeah, because um, at the end of the day, I would love mo- nothing more than for Galaxy's Edge to be perfect and have everything work in it. So. Mm-hmm. And it's not perfect. It was the first attempt at something that hopefully will be... I do hope it becomes a trend in the industry because it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, that very first time you go into Galaxy's Edge, and I hate using this word, but it is one of the most magical experiences you will ever have. <laughs> well, I hate using that with Disney. Did you have a, Did you have a magical day? Yes, and it's like... What's it, it authentic? It was an authentic magic. <laughs> was and, it like, and I'm just... The one thing I am worried about the park in, in that land is that it's not as magical every time you go back. But I don't know. Maybe because it's so timeless and it's Star Wars, it'll continue to have that sentimental value, especially since it's this huge IP. 
my my last thing is they need to add holidays. I want my life day celebration at Galaxy's Edge. Oh <laughs> yes, please. I want I want a, I want a Galaxy's Edge button. Leading leading out of that, um, does anyone have anything they would like to plug or comment on? I already plugged my stuff last time, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll link Garrett's stuff from the last episode in the description. Uh, Eric, did you have anything you wanted to plug or tell people about? No, but I should I should make a posting account since I'm going to Disney every week. <laughs> I don't know how I don't have one yet. Now that I think about it. Don't you have if an Eric, Instagram? You if can Eric plug gains or? a social media by the time this is uploaded, uh, we will link that. I in the do have an Instagram, yeah. but, but Garrett, I post on it about once a year. Oh. Really? Oh, just start a theme park vlog. I should. Yeah. I really should. Uh-huh. If you if you want to follow Eric's infrequent posting, <laughs> <laughs> Alex, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, not really. No. I I guess if you wanted to check out the the Peg ISU Instagram, that's there, and so is the LinkedIn. Oh no! And you know what I will plug? I will plug that UCF is the best themed entertainment school because we are near Disney World. Charge on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you said uh, I could plug okay. anything. Cut the feed. Okay. All, right. <laughs> All right. All right. Best is subjective. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have the prox- best proximity to the heart of the themed entertainment industry. You that, can't deny that. That is a fact. Sure. Okay. okay. Well, heart. There's two hearts of the themed entertainment industry. There's Orlando <laughs> and there's LA. <laughs> all right and as usual uh you guys can find us at our socials follow us on instagram at gt.tpad uh you can send us an email reach out to us at tped.gt at gmail.com mm-hmm. uh everyone tune in next episode for the sequel to our fun engaging galaxy's edge discussion where we go into the second ride of the land being rise of the resistance you can look forward to eric being very enthusiastic about that. y'all trash on it i will no longer be your friend <laughs> So we want to thank everyone for listening, and we hope to see you next time.